But can you be addicted to getting lean? I don't think the answer is really black or white. With bodybuilding, there isn't instant gratification. You can't just jump into the back of a cab with a suit on and come out on the other side all jacked with a cape and flying away like Superman. Is bodybuilding about selfies, steroids, magazines, and muscles? How do I become a successful pro bodybuilder or fitness competitor? Where do I even start if I'm new? And the biggest question of all, what are the judges looking for anyway? Even today with the internet, many people first discover bodybuilding by word of mouth. The lack of regulation has caused a boom of unqualified coaches, scattered info, biased advice, dangerous protocols, and posing trends that are a hot mess. After 20 years in the business, I have seen it all. Week after week, I'm going to talk about taboo topics that get swept under the rug, provide you tips and strategies to gain a competitive edge and stand out on stage in any division or federation. I'm going to answer all the burning industry questions without the bias. I have competed across six federations, earned pro status in three, and judged in two. I've coached posing and choreography for men and women in all federations and divisions. I know just how much competing means to you. I'm your host, Michelle Welcome, and you are listening to the Everything Else in Bodybuilding podcast. Be sure to download your free guide, Five Things Every Bodybuilder and Fitness Competitor Needs to Know Before Your Next Show at eeinbb.com. That's www.eeinbb.com. This episode is going to provide you zero scientific data and purely my thoughts and observations on addiction and mental health in bodybuilding. I'm not a physician, nor am I giving any medical advice. Please consult a doctor if this episode brings up any concerns. In my 20 years in the sport, I've observed some consistencies with who this sport attracts. Besides the people whose egos are bigger than their careers, which, by the way, man, there is a lot of I am so important in this sport. Like, no, you're not. Just because you work out and look good doesn't make you important. What's amazing to me is, you guys, in the next month, I have some really great guests that you are going to be surprised to see on the show. People that you could say are important and whose careers are bigger than their egos. The episodes are going to be fun and informative. Someday I'll talk about the egos of people that you think would be cool but really aren't from my behind-the-scenes encounters when approaching them for a spot on the podcast. Let's make it to a million downloads and I'll spill the beans. So be sure to share the podcast with fitness enthusiasts to get the word out. Okay, back to the consistencies I've observed with addiction and mental health. First, what exactly is addiction? Quote, addiction is a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, and an individual's life experiences. People with addiction use substances or engage in behaviors that become compulsive and often continue despite harmful consequences, end quote. The key phrase I want to talk about is the compulsive behaviors that continue despite harmful consequences and discuss this in the world of bodybuilding. Many might have heard of bigorexia, also known as muscle dysmorphic disorder. It's become more high profile with the documentaries that have walked us through the day-to-day of people with this issue. You might have seen some of them yourself. What happens with bigorexia is the person sees a distorted image of one's body. They are obsessed with muscle mass to the point that relationships are affected. Their life revolves around the obsession to get big. 
and it's so extreme they ignore health issues and might avoid appearances or events because they are worried about their appearance. It's more common in men, and it's on the rise. There is a case of a young man who was obsessed with his biceps, so he injected them with petroleum jelly to inflate them to an extreme level. He looked like the Popeye cartoon, but he was a real human. The tissue was so damaged from lack of blood flow that it turned purple. The damage became life-threatening, and he was forced to remove the implants or risk losing his arms or his life. Now he is left with hardened slabs of the jelly and dead muscle in his triceps and will have to undergo more surgeries to remove the rest of the hardened jelly. Another extreme example is a woman physique competitor who became so sick from extreme protocols that included multiple different compounds, including multiple diuretics and anabolics, that she ended up with multiple organ failure. Despite being extremely sick, months later, while still recovering, she started posting about wanting to compete again and not caring what people think. Although both cases are extreme, the obsession with one's body, getting ripped, getting huge, feeling invincible, these are all common things you will see in bodybuilding, no matter which division. It might not be to the extreme as getting Popeye arms or multiple organ failure, but it's still there. We only hear about the extreme cases and think that, well, that's not me, so I'm fine. But are many people actually fine in bodybuilding? Are you really okay if you compulsively look at yourself in the mirror and are never satisfied no matter how hard you work and how many gains you see in the gym? Are you really fine if no matter what you do, it's never enough and you are never happy? Are you really fine if you are only happy with the way you look, the five seconds you are ripped to shreds for a show, and then for the rest of the year you cover up with moo-moos and sweatpants? You don't have to have a compulsion or be classified as mentally ill to not be fine. It's okay to acknowledge you are not fine. You are human, and once you experience bodybuilding and all the extremes it has to offer, you will never be the same. You may not be fine now, but you can learn to adapt. We don't talk about the psychological components to competing and how that affects people's mental health. In fact, I think people underestimate the psychological components to competing. Many think it's going to be this fun thing that fills a checkbox on their bucket list. They think they're going to look great so they will be happy. Social media doesn't help with all the fancy photos of competitors making it look like everyone is stage ready year-round. Plus, all the attention people get when they post a photo all ripped and the muscle worshippers come running with their 50 emojis and a marriage proposal. Think about all that attention and how intoxicating that could be for people who have never felt good about themselves or felt important before. Oh, and let's not forget that every time you turn around, someone's getting a pro card too, so there is a status component to competing that has become very attractive. I'm going to go as far as to say that social media has created an illusion that bodybuilding is achievable for anyone. Technically, anyone can register for a show, slap a tan on, and compete, but to be competitive is a different story. Anyone can get motivated for something. For example, you are motivated to go to work so you can make money to pay your bills. You receive a paycheck consistently, so that reward keeps you motivated. But bodybuilding is different. It's a hobby. It's optional. You don't have to be a bodybuilder. But you have to want to be a bodybuilder to be a bodybuilder. To stay motivated for the months it takes to prepare for a show with an unknown outcome takes a specific mindset and skill set. Not everyone has a strong will that will keep them on track during the process when things get tough. 
You can't have a bad day at work or a fight with a spouse and use it as an excuse to go off track with your nutrition and training. Bodybuilding has a compound effect. Everything you do this week will affect how you look in the weeks ahead. To get your body fat down to extreme levels requires you to be precise and consistent. You have to have a strong will that can't be broken no matter how difficult life gets or just don't do the show. If life is that tough, then you need to consider your priorities. There is also a cost to getting really lean. Although you think it's a great idea and it's glorified on social media, your body sure doesn't agree. This battle between you and your body's number one goal of survival will be brought right to the surface. Who wins will, once again, be determined by your pain tolerance and your willpower. So now let's talk about what happens when you actually win that battle and you get on stage looking all freaky. The satisfaction you get from accomplishing that goal is only going to happen when you are stage lean. Which brings me back to the word addiction in bodybuilding. When people think addiction, they think substance abuse and rehab. But I think there are levels to addiction. For example, you can be addicted to coffee. There are a lot of health benefits to coffee and a recent study that showed moderate amounts of coffee is a good thing. Moderate meaning more than a couple cups of coffee. A lot more than you would think, but just not like 50 though. So despite there being an addictive quality to coffee, we don't think of it as taboo unless you're packing it full of sugar and fat in your triple vente latte, and then all of a sudden we become all judgy in line watching others grab their dessert coffee while we wait for our regular old coffee at Starbucks. But can you be addicted to getting lean? I don't think the answer is really black or white. With bodybuilding, there isn't instant gratification. You can't just jump into the back of a cab with a suit on and come out on the other side all jacked with a cape and flying away like Superman. Getting lean takes a lot of time and consistency. You feel like dog poo during the process, too. It's fun in a crazy way, but it's really not all that fun. The endorphins you get from working out. Now, I do think you can get addicted to that. The reward occurs after every workout, which is why I have seen Many people go from having an actual substance abuse addiction to using exercise as a recovery agent. I've also heard mental health experts with a research background talk about how exercise causes the brain to release chemicals that mimic the effects of multiple mental health drugs taken at once. So in essence, instead of taking two different pills for a specific mental health issue, exercise itself would have the same effect. For goodness sake, talk to your doctor before stopping any medication. But if you're curious about the latest research, you can look up Dr. Jennifer Heise, who is an expert on the connection between exercise and mental health. So there is exercising for mental health, and then there is bodybuilding. So things start out great with exercise. Your intentions are good. And as you continue to exercise, you naturally start to make better choices with food. Your body transforms, and you are on a great path. But then you go to a bodybuilding show, and you see your friend on stage, and you decide to give it a try yourself. You participate in your first show and now have the bug because you just watched your body morph into a cartoon character version of yourself. For some, the high is so great that the come down after the show can be unbearable without that major goal driving them to the finish line. The finish line becomes just that, an ending. You now have to dial out of the show and put body fat back on. You watch all the hard work you put into getting lean disappear under a healthy layer of fat. And now you feel fat. You might lose the desire to train at the gym or eat the foods you were eating on prep because there's no longer a reward keeping you motivated. It can be a hard crash for many people. I think some of this has to do with the protocols, of course. I've been very vocal about how the protocol you use when preparing for a show matters. If you have bro science Jake with the six-pack abs feeding you tilapia and asparagus for 16 weeks, 
The minute you have a burger and fries after the show, you are done. These unnecessary protocols bring out their own laundry list of mental issues that I've talked about in other episodes, so I won't dive into this since we are talking about the nature of bodybuilding and addiction from more of a 30,000-foot view. So for some, the only way to combat how they feel after a show is to pick another show and start the cycle over again. So in a way, you are chasing the lean physique, and in these cases, I would consider the behavior to be more of an addiction. But I have a question for you. Do you think that the people who battled substances or those who battled eating disorders to achieve a physical goal before finding bodybuilding are also the people that are more likely to become addicted to substances in bodybuilding that are so commonly used in non-drug-tested federations? With the use now being rampant in what seems to be an unspoken acceptance and even encouragement among coaches training bodybuilders to use anabolics, are people who had issues with substance abuse and eating disorders before bodybuilding more likely to abuse anabolics despite them being illegal and despite them altering their facial features and body structure permanently inside and out? Something to think about. From what I understand, the feeling you get when you're on PEDs is a feeling of invincibility and strength. Plus, your gains come much faster than you've ever experienced and you get more compliments. So imagine in a few months of time, you see more gains than you have with years of training. You have a ton of energy. You are stronger. Everyone around you admires your physique. Your number of social media fans grows exponentially. Then it's time to cycle off of them. Energy goes down, strength goes down, and your body doesn't look the same. Remember what I said earlier about contest prep and how a show physique often sets a new bar for your physique standard? Now imagine adding PEDs into the mix and the even greater gains of strength, size, and energy, and the crash when you come off of them, just like when you dial your physique out of a show without them. In addition to the physique changes, without PEDs, you have a noticeable energy change. You now have a new bar set for what it feels like to have amazing energy. Kind of like when you get that first buzz from drinking alcohol. That high changes how you feel about going out and socializing. Have you ever heard the saying, no good time ever started with a salad? It's because you know the difference. With PEDs, you know the difference of what it feels like to feel invincible. You know what it feels like to build more strength and size in a fraction of the amount of time. So your standards have now changed forever. How would this not affect your mental health? And once again, let me ask you, do you think that the people who battled substances or those who battled eating disorders to achieve a physical goal before finding bodybuilding are also the people that are more likely to become addicted to substances in bodybuilding? And for those who use substances, you can't unfeel that high. The bar has been set. I'm honestly not sure how people manage this feeling. Coming off the substances in bodybuilding has multiple letdowns. When coming off alcohol or hard drugs, you lose the high, but physically you get healthier. But with bodybuilding, you not only lose that feeling of invincibility and energy, you also lose the physical gains you work so hard for. I bring this all to the surface to get you all to think, not just about your own mental health, but the health of your friends who might consider bodybuilding as well. The mental health components of bodybuilding aren't talked about, and if they are, it's about extreme cases that aren't as relatable to the masses. Whether right or wrong, I can say for myself that my standards with my own physique are much different after competing. I have a drawer I jokingly call my hot girl drawer. Hot girl drawer has many clothes that are only worn when my physique looks a certain way. I wouldn't be caught dead in any of those clothes otherwise. I'm always amazed at people wearing half shirts with bellies hanging out or short shorts with cellulite on their legs. And they are all walking around like it's hot girl summer. And they do look hot because you can tell they believe they're hot. 
confidence is everything. But my idea of hot girl summer is extreme. I think muscle is beautiful. And when that muscle is dialed in and you can see all kinds of cool details, that is my personal standard. If I don't see that on myself, then I look just meh because I know myself different. I thought it was just me that had this attitude in my early years, but after talking with people from fellow competitors to posing clients, I realized it's actually quite common. It's almost as if a show day physique sets a new bar, a bar that you've never known possible, seen before, and absolutely love how absolutely bonkers you look. These feelings are so common that you'll now see a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon on social media and posting messages about how a show day physique is not maintainable year round. We all know that, Captain Obvious, but once you witness something extreme, impressionable, and life-changing, you can't unsee it. Once you feel something extreme, you can't unfeel it. Instead, you learn to manage it. Or you don't. All right, guys, this was a heavy one, I know, but I hope it sparks some thoughts and helps new people to better prepare. Bodybuilding is an incredible sport. I love it because it's challenging but most people focus on the physical aspect of bodybuilding and don't understand that there are mental skills that also need to develop in order to be successful in the sport. Speaking of mental skills, if you haven't done so yet, come to one of my virtual posing clinics at posingpractice.com. Why do I say mental skills in posing? Because stage performance also requires specific mindset skills to get you out of your head and looking incredible on stage. Do you want to look like a robot? Or like you have no idea what you're doing up there? I didn't think so. Your starting place is my clinics. Go to posingpractice.com and let me help you. I'll be back next week with another episode. In the meantime, please leave a review if you are on iTunes and like, share, and subscribe wherever you're listening from. And post about this podcast in your favorite fitness groups to help reach more people in this sport that would appreciate the conversation. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Ever wonder if you are posing correctly for your division? Learn to Pose is dedicated to taking out the guesswork on how to pose for all categories in bodybuilding. Learn five ways you can improve your posing skills in five minutes guaranteed at www.learntopose.com. There are free posing tutorials available for the bikini, figure, and men's physique categories and more on the way for other divisions in bodybuilding. It's free, so go access your free posing tutorial for bikini, figure, or men's physique at learntopose.com. <laughs>